folks, welcome to the very first episode of Generation Tune, presented by the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop. This is your host, Rob Lamley. Here in Generation Tune, I, a Gen Xer, will be joined by my wife Andrea, a millennial, and our Gen Z daughter Harper, to watch some of our favorite cartoons spanning the last 40 years. We'll look at how cartoons have changed from formulaic Saturday morning entertainment made strictly for children, to now offering up some of the most mature and introspective shows in media today. Our plan is to have the podcast go in cycles of three episodes, with each co-host presenting a cartoon from their generation, starting with the 80s, then the 90s, and finally the 2000s, before rewinding back to the 80s again. We'll sit down and watch a handful of episodes to get a good taste for the cartoon, and then we'll talk about what makes it great, not so great, and whether or not we'd watch more of it in the future. Because this is our first episode, we'll be starting our first cycle with my choice, an influential cartoon from when I was a kid, Thundar the Barbarian, produced by Ruby Spears Animation. Thundar was released by ABC in 1980 and aired for two seasons for a total of 21 episodes on Saturday mornings. It was picked up again and put into reruns by NBC in 1983 before leaving the Saturday morning airwaves forever. Thundar featured three main characters, Thundar the Barbarian, Ariel the Sorceress, and their hairy, growling sidekick, Ukla the Mach. The premise of these adventures in a barren, post-apocalyptic wasteland was laid out in the show's animated opening monologue. Thundar the Barbarian! The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world rises from the old. A world of savagery, super science, and sorcery. But one man bursts his bonds to fight for justice. With his companions, Ukla the Mach and Princess Ariel, he pits his strength, his courage, and his fabulous sun sword against the forces of evil. He is Thundar the Barbarian. Now tell me, what kid wouldn't want to watch that? For this show, Andrea Harper and I watched three episodes of Thundar, Season 1, Episode 1, Secret of the Black Pearl, where Thundar and company must take a powerful black pearl to the ancient city of Manhattan to protect its people from the evil two-faced wizard Gemini and his Ratman minions. Season 1, Episode 6, Attack of the Amazon Women, sees Thundar help the amphibious Amazon warriors against a half-human, half-shark enemy. And Season 2, Episode 5, Last Train to Doomsday, Thundar helps Ty, a young woman who runs a train transporting people and cargo through the wasteland, as she battles Hawkmen and a mysterious mummy named Janus. And now on to our discussion about Thundar the Barbarian. We are here today to talk about the first cartoon that I wanted to bring up, which was called Thundar the Barbarian. <laughs> Lothar of the Hill People. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> now, um, when I was a kid, uh, this was one of the first cartoons that I really fell in love with. Um, I think what really drew me to it was it felt very Star Warsy, and you know, I think that was kind of an obvious influence mm-hmm. with the, the Sun Sword and everything like that. And the big Ukla the Mock. Thank you. The, like, the Chewbacca wannabe. Ukla you mean the, the guy who's the big hairy dude that speaks in grunts? Yes, yes. 
So, I mean, I was instantly drawn to it because it was everything that Star Wars was to some extent. Um, but as I got older and watched it in reruns, I realized it was a post-apocalyptic Earth, and that was something that had never occurred to me when I was five in 1980. But when I was eight in 1983, it was kind of like, oh, wow, that's pretty dark. What happened those three years that all of a sudden you started to realize it was the post-apocalyptic could be a thing? <laughs> well, I, I didn't. I didn't know post-apocalyptic. The, three, the dark three years of my childhood. It was in between Star Wars movies. Um, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but when I was eight, year old, eight years old, that's when I realized how dark Steven Universe was, and at Gravity Falls, and all the other cartoons I'm going to be talking about See, later on in the series. I think it's just that, that was around the time where I started it's realizing, oh wait a minute, these people are traumatized. <laughs> okay, I waited too much later in life to experience trauma and growth like that, so I'm sorry Late that you. Bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> Sheltered. Also, sheltered what happened? Life. What did we do wrong? <laughs> or right. <laughs> hey, 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 guess what? Now I'm comedic and I have a well, sense yeah. of humor. There you go. So, anyway, um, mm-hmm. by the time I was watching the reruns, it occurred to me that this was a former, you know, version of Earth 2,000 years in the future after disaster had set in. And that was mind boggling to me at the time. Um, and you want to laugh. But what is Adventure Time? In a, pot, in a, yeah. in a world where so, everyone is a dying. A fever dream? <laughs> so it, it was very similar to me. It kind of hit me that, wow, the world could end. And that was something that had never really occurred to me until Adventure, I was eight. Adventure, <laughs> so much has been explained. Adventure Time also, it got, also it got a little like too realistic because it said that the, all the humans died out because of a giant virus well, that no one could stop. That's yeah. a common trope, too, to wipe out. A population. Yeah, but from what's happened well, this past year, I with, think that's well, a little scary. With Thundar, it was basically climate change. Granted, there was a meteor that caused the climate change. It was also but, in 1995. Well, 1994, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> ow. <laughs> Just, ow. But, you know, that was far flung in the future in 1980, so. I mean, we, we watched Back to the Future, the second part of Back to the Future, where they yes. <laughs> where they think 2050. <laughs> anyway so anyway it was my first time seeing it when you showed it to us I'm not surprised because, because I was three yeah well, when you no. were watching it no you were not even born yet when I was watching it it came out in 1980 it was in reruns I'm in sorry I'm thinking about I'm thinking about when you were older and gristled yes. and yes. had lived those three years that I forgot. Yes. That's I was born was in those I was years. Eight. I, I was, was born during it. your trauma years. Yes, yes. You, that was the first time you ever dropped an ice cream on the sidewalk. That yes. was when it all it's changed. All downhill. Hello, darkness. Um. So yes, the show debuted in 1980 and ran until 1981 with only 21 episodes. So it was only two seasons. It's not like it was this huge, drawn-out thing. You know, mm-hmm. It's not The Simpsons or anything. But that was not uncommon for Saturday morning cartoon shows either. No, they were flashing a pan, yeah, like here and gone. Quick money. Uh huh. Kids yes. are sick of it. They've moved on. Yes. So this is know. not selling toys. No, this it, it, that's true. And there was very little merchandising for this show too. It's not like Scooby Doo where you could buy everything. Thundar. Mm-hmm. There was basically a board game, a coloring book. Uh, there was an Ookla the Mock. Um, Halloween costume, which I have a picture of. It's really it's kind of awesome. Really? It's yeah. terrifying. Um, and I want to wear it this year. 
<laughs> you do, I'm going to leave the house. <laughs> <Just> gonna... <laughs> um, so, I mean, it's not like this... It, cartoons just weren't the same thing as they were in, later in the 80s. So it's mm-hmm. not surprising that you never saw it. The only time it was ever in reruns was when it moved to NBC in 1983. And they only purchased it for reruns specifically. They didn't create any new content. Right. It was all just hey, kids liked this, let's do it again. So it doesn't surprise me at all that you've never Mm -hmm. heard of it. Obviously, I'm not surprised you've never heard of it, Harper, because Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's so many things that we have to explain to you as it is. Yeah. (laughs) But some obscure show from 1980, that doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, you guys have have taught me a lot about your childhood yes. and what you guys grew up with. And you've grown up with some of that, too. You've watched some of the cartoons we used to watch. Mm-hmm. You've, you've watched Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Or, or you've watched or you've watched the newer iteration the of yeah. the things that we grew yeah. up yeah. with. And that and also like there would there would be a few references in like cartoons that right. I'm that I would watch that you guys would be like, Oh, I remember that. That mm-hmm. was from a cartoon mm-hmm. or from a TV show that I used to watch and something. It got like really that. bad when we started watching Animaniacs with you. Oh yeah. And like every ten seconds we had to pause. Pause it. <laughs> okay. Madonna was so and so. Try watching. We didn't get through an entire episode of Whose Line. Yeah, because I was just like, okay, a cassette tape is a. <laughs> I knew what a cassette tape. Okay, a landline. <laughs> Phyllis Diller was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. So yeah, I I did I enjoyed watching it. Um, as hokey as it is. Yeah. But it has a quaint, dated style to it. That sure. being a child who did grow up in the eighties, like I appreciated that the the reuse of the backgrounds uh-huh. are, and yeah, foreground yeah. as they're running and like the style of it, I like. And there's a lot of um, action where the person is paused and only their head or their mouth is moving only. Yes, you know a lot yes. of that. A lot of that really cheap animation uh, tactics mm-hmm. for sure. It was definitely interesting to see because like of what I've grown up with, it's very different because around that time, the main goal of cartoons, or mo- or a few cartoons, at least most of the main ones, were to sell toys. And right. so it was pretty much cheaply made, and it wasn't, it was pretty, and if you look back on it, it was just like, whereas hilarious. your cartoons were made to fill a hot topic. Uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> Yours were made to sell t-shirts. Now, in, in fact, at this time in 1980, they were not made to sell toys. It's a little bit later when the rules changed for television that they could start making cartoons that sold toys. So we could have a whole commercial split minutes. up, <laughs> split that was entertaining. Yeah. split up by smaller chunks of commercials. Yes, to sell your parents. Things. Yes, but so also you. We'll get to those. Don't get me wrong, because I grew up in the '80s, and that's when it just exploded. <laughs> just be. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you at home, we are sitting amongst vintage toys and memorabilia. Yes. yes. So um, we will giant. get to that. We will get to that age. But at this time, it was purely children's entertainment. Now, they were selling advertising for children yeah. in between, you know, the commercial breaks. But at this time, it was purely what can we get the kids to sit in front of the television for six or seven hours on a Saturday and watch and then we'll show them ads in between. It well, definitely does mainline have... Cocoa Puffs. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely, although, like, around that time it wasn't, like, made to sell toys, it definitely did have that slight feeling of, like, you would want, like, like, if I was a kid, like, if I was a little kid watching this, I might want a action figure of that character well, because they course. look so, because they're, they, they look so powerful and, like, yeah. 
Because you want to play Apocalypse at Home. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait a few more years. Uh, yes. Um, but, of course, but, I mean, that's what little kids like. Yeah. You know, they like adventure. They like those kind of stories. Well, so. I guess... She, Harper will get this more than... We understand this with her more than um, with Dash. But you also grew up where you'd make your toys, like, play with each other and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, yeah. But that's all you did in the 80s with yeah. your toys. So you could watch something on television, then you're going to go reenact it with your toys, and you're going to play out the thing like you because, wanted to see it play it out. Because there's really not television made for you for the rest of the week. Uh-huh. It was Saturday morning. Or even the rest of the nothing. day. Yeah, like noon hit. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was... was, it, for, was it was For us, it was 11, and that's when the um, news... The news segment came on that told us all about the farm markets for the day. That's when I knew my Saturday morning was done, was when they started talking about grain and corn prices. <laughs> this is, well, I grew up in the country. Right, so, but I'm just thinking about how I mean, a, what a great metaphor this is for you just growing up. Yeah. You spent six or seven hours with toys, and then all of a sudden it was... Bam. It was... Smack you in the face, get up, walk beans. Yep, yeah. I mean, it was... And, and then that would be it for the week. You'd be lucky to watch... Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or Sesame Street, and that wasn't nearly as exciting well, as and even, Thundar the Barbarian. Well, and even that, you have to keep in mind at that time, would only be on from, like, one to three, maybe? And you had to, and it was only on, like, your local... Uh, PBS? Yeah, your yeah. local PBS, if you caught it. Otherwise, you're looking at yeah. a woman's sponge painting or a yes. guy cooking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, it was not... this was the only time television was made for one us. Of the, one of the main differences that I've seen, at least from clips that I've seen of a few 80s cartoons, or ones with, like, or, like, ones with the, that sort of sort of style, where basically the men are really buff, the women sure. are really attractive, yes. and, like, this, it it's more marketed, like... And the sidekicks are very hairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that, like that style the characters like they would i i kind of recognize that they use the same body type for all the women and, and oh, like absolutely. most of the of same body type for, for the yeah, men yeah. so and it definitely does show that like then they would reuse assets and body and like and like characters in different scenes when now like you look at a you look at a um like a giant crowd of cartoon characters from the same cartoon. There's different types. There's a certain style to it that fits together. For sure. There's different. There's like different heights of different people. Mm-hmm. There's different like nose shapes. There's different features, and it definitely does show the growth of cartoons. Not only because of like style wise, and also just how society has progressed. Because to I don't some know if extent, you noticed, yeah. but there was a lot of pale people. Yes, in yes. Thundar was very, very white. <laughs> very white. When when you look at and cartoon, hairy. when you look at cartoons now, there's more people of color. Of course, there's more. There's different cultures being represented. So that definitely does show not only stylized. Well, yes, it does show society because not only it's a cartoon, so yeah. you don't just have to stick within the realm of flesh tones right. that exist on earth yeah people can be purple and blue and like right, but right. and they and even in thunder none of it yeah no very white <laughs> very very white but you know what that was the culture of the time too most entertainment yeah. was made for white people i mean yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately that's just how it was i mean if you look at movies from that same time period it's mostly white people, I mostly mean, well, white men, too. mostly mainstream mainstream movies. Because I'm yes, sure that they course. exist. Well, of course, of course, of course. But but yes, if they didn't get the they didn't get the traction, the no. advertising, the everything, right? That 
you know. There was also, like, be because of how it's, I mean, again, this is a really good way to show how society and how cartoons and media have progressed, because back then, it was mostly marketed towards white people, and so there would be, like, there would be a bunch of white people in your, in your Saturday cartoons, when now you look at cartoons and there are there is a black person main character there is there are um there are like maybe even some muslim like representation there's like a bunch of different representation of people of all different races and all different cultures and it's not just marketed towards um white it's not just mi- marketed towards white people it's marketed towards all people and of course of all different races and all different as um, cultures and as it should be yeah and that's a really good way to see how our society has progressed and how our media has been has progressed one of the cartoons i'm going to be talking about in the future definitely has a lot of good representation and it's good to see like that representation show from where it was back then sure well we can say back then but like, <clears throat> this is really picked up steam in like the past i know 15 years yeah, if, if not even less time than yeah. that. yeah yeah i mean you're fortunate just to be of the age that that's what you're that's what you're growing up with and that's probably i mean even the cartoons that we're gonna get to in mom's era very white yeah very few people of color very few people of other religions are even going to be mentioned yeah. it's it's very white still now there are there are some I bright just, spots i just realized that most of the cartoons that i probably watched as a child did not feature humans. Well, I mean, that, that's actually one way to get around what we're talking or, about. Or they, well, or the humans would be side characters, but I know which, I know you're, yeah. But that's but, one way to get around what we're talking about. You don't have to worry about if it's a white or a black character, if it's a duck. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But there's, of course, but there's, of course, like... There's coding. There's coding, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. And definitely, definitely <laughs> different types of coding. Right. But it is, but as you mentioned, it's mostly, like, either, either the human's the sidekick or there's no humans at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's a, I, I was, honestly, I was really proud with what I've grown up with because of, because, like, what of the cartoons that I grew up with because of seeing how Thundar was very white, very same, like, more like society's view of a perfect man and a perfect woman. Sure. While now I'm growing up with characters who are a bit bit who are a bit bigger, like is in build some char- characters who are POC characters who have different religions, like all this different stuff. So I was I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of what I grew up with, and I'm very happy with what I did grow up. And with. I'm glad it's progressed that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to mention about Thundar um, is that. It had a very impressive cast behind the scenes. Um, first of all, the creative team behind it uh, included Alex Toth. Alex Toth designed the three main characters, uh, Ariel, Ukla, and Thundar. Um, he was responsible for the character designs for Super Friends, Space Ghost, not Coast to Coast, the original. No, but as I'm looking at your list here, it just, there, it makes sense why there was a kind of a comforting affinity for this style. Oh, yeah. Because much like Harper watched reboots of stuff that we watched, I'm looking, to continue your list, you've got Space Ghost, C-Lab 2020, The Herculoids, and Harvey Birdman, and I watched, you know, right. Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, and C-Lab, C-Lab 2021. Yeah. So it is, I mean... So that it makes sense now, seeing that and me going, oh, there's just something I like about the way the yeah. style is. Yeah. It's because I love those. And I mean, that was very iconic for the time. I mean, we 
again, they wouldn't have remade those shows, quote unquote, if they weren't a touchstone for people our age. Well, and on yeah, and, and it even continues in where um, you've got Venture Brothers that oh, was yeah. a mimic of that style exactly. and yes. bringing in some of some of those styles and yes. characters too. So aside from Alex Toth, there was also a little guy named Jack the King Kirby. Who? Never heard of him. Huh? <laughs> uh, Jack Kirby was responsible basically for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He and Stanley in the 1960s yeah. created the Incredible Hulk, Thor, mm-hmm. Iron Man, the X-Men, Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Silver Surfer. I mean, he brought back Captain America from World War II obscurity. If it were not for Jack Kirby, there would be no Marvel today. Isn't there even, like, they've named an award after him, right? A Jack Kirby award that comics can get? It would not surprise me whatsoever. But, I mean, so he did all of the side characters. He did a lot of the environments, which, now that I know that, really makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kirby was especially known for drawing technology and machines. Um, He would do... Mm two cover spreads of nothing but like a giant computer that had all these With intricate your, and then you'd have details. your character just small in and the then middle your character would where be, it's almost secondary to yeah, that yeah he was really yeah. well known for that and looking back at it now that I've you know now that I know that looking back on the couple episodes we watched it makes a lot of sense that it was Kirby um, now I did read that they had to dumb down his designs because it's animation and they can't afford to be that detailed right um, but it was really interesting to hear that and knowing that that is where the influence comes from and it makes total sense now that I see it. Um, the story editor for the show was Steve Gerber. He is best known for creating Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, you kind of laugh now because we don't, all we know is the... We know the 80s movie. <laughs> the 80s movie. Um, featuring a duck human love scene. Uh, which is weird. Um, um, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, you <laughs> And Harper, I saw that movie for the first time younger than you. <laughs> Maybe I didn't have three dark years between five and eight because all of them were dark. <laughs> Maybe that's the answer to this riddle. Wait, hold on, how old were you? I don't recall. I do know that that's one of those movies that, like, I watched it, it, didn't fully get it. It would have come out in about 1984, 85, give or take. So I probably it would saw have been it in on 86, video. Or, 87? Yeah. So you would have been four or five, maybe. No. Yes. Oh. Oh. No. So then I would have seen it in 88, 89. Okay. Still. It's Still. a weird movie. I, I, I totally recommend you watch it just to be what the heck is going on right now just, just to judge mom's childhood <laughs> well no it's more my childhood oh she no was... I, well just that I was young when I watched yeah. it but anyway Howard the Duck was actually kind of a big deal in the 70s and early 80s um, he was kind of like uh, almost like a counterculture type character um, so he was he was he not was... a mainstream duck no <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the other thing Gerber did was he brought back Guardians of the Galaxy. It had gone out of print in the 60s. Um, so once again, were it not for Steve Gerber, we probably wouldn't have an MCU today. Now, his Guardians of the Galaxy was a different lineup than the one we know today. But he brought it back and it kept going basically since then. So if it were not for him, we wouldn't have the movies today. So Our Missouri superhero. The only hero we ever will get in this state. <laughs> <laughs> so again another high quality person behind the mm-hmm. show 
Another was Buzz Dixon. Um, he went on. He, he actually kind of got to start um, writing for Thundar and some of the earlier cartoons from Ruby Spears. Uh, but he went on to write Transformers, G.I. Joe. He did just about every big cartoon in the 80s. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Tiny Toons. He did everything. So he got to start there too. So obviously another you know pretty decent person. Uh, another writer was Mark Evanier. Now he started in live action. He wrote for Welcome Back Cotter, which is a show you've never heard of, Harper. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Love Boat, which is another you heard show. Of that you... one? No. Okay, I that it's I could, okay. I could see just the Love Boat being a phrase thrown around in a like I a mean, throw heard, like a throwaway reference. Right. I mean, right. I've heard like the phrase, the phrase like basically um, like. The love, like the word love boat. The love boat. Around. Yeah, okay. that's what I mean. But not it's knowing like, exactly but not knowing what, what it, it is. I, that's what I think. It's okay. You don't need to. <laughs> now, as we get it, it's weirdly referenced a lot in 90s cartoons now that I'm thinking about well, it. because kids were still watching it back then. and then Or their parents were watching yeah. reruns. Yeah, I guess it's true. Okay. So anyway, Mark went on to uh, work on Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, uh, oh. Plastic Man, Dungeons and Dragons. And he was the head writer for one of Mom's favorite cartoons, <laughs> Garfield and Friends. Well, that tells me that his sense of humor is probably a little twisted. Because <laughs> that show had its moments where you're like... Yeah. But, you know, that was... Not to go too far off the path here, but that was just kind of getting started with that era of, hey, we can throw in some... Oh, absolutely. Adult era, you know, more adult uh, jokes. Well, and I think it was a... <clears throat> I think what made the leap is probably going from things like peanut specials, yeah, which was a once in a once in a while thing, and put in um, what's the specials? Uh, Garfield specials. Yeah, where they'd have stuff like that, and then and oh, since well, those were in prime time, they tried to make it a little bit more entertaining for everyone. Correct. Yeah. But then they're like, well, maybe we'll put those on the kids' yeah. stuff too. So anyway, there's a great team behind Thundar, much more impressive than most cartoons had at the time. Um, the other thing I kind of wanted to mention was that, surprisingly enough, it's actually considered a lot more violent than other cartoons at the time. The important thing to think about there is reference Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, there's always the white guy in the mask. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They've been <laughs> doing that for years and it still works. Yes. But the thing is, the white guy in the mask never hurts anyone. He's never even really threatening anyone. He's just there going, booga, booga, booga. You know, he's just but he's got a master people. plan that's going to bring down the economic structure for the town. Right, but they, he is thwarted before that. But happens. he's never hurting anyone. He's never attacking anyone. Thundar. I mean, in the three episodes we watched, people are being attacked. That old guy in the beginning with the black pearls being attacked by the rat men. You've got the Amazon women who are literally shooting at each other. And then in the third one we watched, they're, they're attacking that train that has a bunch of civilians on it. Also, there was acid. Like they were, yeah. they were being threatened with acid. So I mean, these things didn't happen on other cartoons. I remember her with her? It looked like shooting sand out of her hands. Well, you know, sand, acid, is rock, this, paper, scissors. Is this thing. the original of pocket sand from <laughs> King of the Hill? <laughs> <laughs> but it was a much more violent television show than all the other shows on at the time. I know it seems quaint by today's standards, but, yes, definitely. but the other thing you have to consider is that it was on broadcast television, not on cable or yeah. on streaming, and they have very different rules even today for broadcast television. So I actually went and found a uh, an article with Steve Gerber. He did an interview for Fantastic Magazine in 1980, 
And he says this about standards and practices. Now, standards and practices are the people who control, they're basically the censors, okay? Mm -hmm. He had this to say, quote, we have a number of severe limitations with all of the mayhem that goes on in our show. The program practices will still not allow our main character to throw a punch or to hit anybody. He can do all kinds of acrobatic things, but he can't even trip anyone. He goes on to say that anything that could be emulated by children, he couldn't do in the show. So, like, Thundar could pick up a boulder and throw it and knock into a rat man because a little kid couldn't do that. But he can't even shove a, a rat man because a kid could shove a person. What? In my cartoons, I've seen people get decapitated yes. by the main characters. How? Again, 1980 broadcast television made for children, not for, you know, adolescents or adults. So it's just a very different time. And that is um, because of the censorship, they couldn't have weapons, really. You couldn't have anything with a blade. So the barbarian, you know, Conan the barbarian always had this big, nasty sword. And Conan is obviously the inspiration for Thundar. He couldn't have a, a sword or an axe that had a blade because, again, that could be emulated by children. That's how they came up with the sun sword because it was a sword made of lightning. And that is obviously not something that children can possess. And it's something that, like, and it's something that once he's done using it, it disappears. So there's no even, not even a blade. There's just a handle yeah, on his it's wrist. It's not a constant <laughs> reminder that he has a weapon. So it was, it was very restricted at the time. And so all things considered, it was kind of, uh, what's the right word? It, it's kind of subversive that they were able to do as much as they did. That still def definitely shows the difference of cartoons. Cause I've seen, I've seen characters get, get impaled, decapitated, just Absolutely. straight up kill someone like it's just yeah. it's just very violent and there's plenty and there's at least like one episode or maybe even more where there's a little bit of blood so i sure. know that there's definitely a difference there <laughs> well and then if you um i mean it's not even that many more years in the 80s you get ninja turtles who are carrying blades at all times yes yeah now that's in america okay in in the uk they couldn't carry their weapons in fact they couldn't even say they were ninjas anyway and, and totally off topic also off topic would it be a safe assumption that the age that thunder came out and that you couldn't show these things on television the men who would go on to be on jackass probably were watching the same thing and we'll call that a rebellion like for sure yeah <laughs> couldn't show this well the one of the running themes that i picked up on on watching these was that it was a whole lot of, at least a couple episodes we watched, a whole yeah. lot of doubting the women. Yeah. And then having them come back and, like, take care of it. It was yeah. very much Thundar, like, no, I've got it. and But it was also that but same... Ariel usually ended up... Right, but it was also in <laughs> that same 80s way of, like... <sighs> Men, yes. I have to come do all the work, and then yep. then you go back to being a dainty lady with dainty lady brain. Yes, um, of course, like you could still have a strong female protagonist without them like being always annoyed at the men and like something like you that. You can, but you in can. this time, no, this you time, couldn't. Right. The closest we get in the eighties is probably, um, would you say Janine or April? Janine yeah. from Ghostbusters yeah. is fed up with everyone. Yeah, and then April. Eh, April's eh, kind of helpless no, too. Yeah. April April was constantly getting kidnapped by the foot. <laughs> I want you to say that sentence again slower for me. Um. <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, I. Yeah, you're right. I really can't think of. There's too also many. a lot of times where Ariel would like her powers would not work for a little bit, so they could still show a scene of Thundar being a hero before right. the woman gets too powerful. Yep, <laughs> like, no, you're absolutely right, yeah. Like, I remember... <laughs> remember one of the scenes, like, I don't know what happened, I think it was in the episode of the Amazon Women, but she, her wrists, like, she was, like, using her magic and her wrists got bound. And then she and, couldn't do her, and her and she magic said, And she said, oh no, my wrists are bound, how am I going to release my magic? I was... First of all, I was so close to saying title of your sex tape. Second of all, <laughs> second of I all, I am appalled oh. and proud in this moment. Great. Oh. Now I got to cut that out so DFS doesn't come out of this. Wrong. It just means she watches uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. We all know what it means. Second I'm proud of her. I'm a little proud. Second of all, it was very obvious that they only did that just so Thundar could be a hero. Yes. And, so he could rescue her. And he could rescue her before I can't she. I do jazz hands with my wrists bound. Exactly. So he comes in with his phallic sun sword. <laughs> the sun sword. Literal big dick energy. And it expands and contracts. Right, right. Oh <laughs> and his wrist is stronger for it. I can't use any of this. Yes, you can. Yes, yes, you can. Just, how about this? How about this? Use the excuse that I was brought into the internet at a very early age. Uh. But yeah. But yeah, like, that was just a weird... <laughs> This this series is just gonna be us picking out how dumb and phallic all of a lot of these cartoons are. Well, they were made for mostly young boys, so that makes sense. So that Welcome is Welcome to Saturday morning BDE. <laughs> and also and also like that would also happen and also like at least like she would she would do something really powerful and then as soon as that's done, like, at the very end of the, epi- of the episode or something, like, Thundar would just take back control in a very quick and easy way, where it's yep. obvious that, like, they're pushing her aside and still making him, like, this This should be the hero you should have been rooting for the entire time. This, this is why, when you get into the workforce in a few years, you always make friends with the secretaries, because yep. they're the ones really running things. It's true. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Uh-huh. Yeah. One thing I do want to insert real quick about the violence and stuff. The Sun Sword could not cut anyone. You notice that in the three episodes we watched, uh, I almost said Conan, Thundar would cut through ropes. He would cut through bars on a cage. So he couldn't actually use his weapon against anyone. But he Mm -hmm. could cut objects. Again, no violence towards people that could be emulated. So we're back to we're back to again him being a false hero and and just because he is and just because he is a big strong 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 white man he is still seen as the hero even though the girl is able to use magic she was able to save the Amazon she was able to do a bunch of things but that all comes down to what kids can emulate most True. kids can't shoot magic rays out of their hands whether they're tied up or not they can, but they can throw sand yes that's one thing too they just but. Uh, at the same time, they couldn't show real-looking guns. That's why when the rat men are chasing after them on the bikes, they're holding up clubs 
and then shooting out lasers. Yes, I forgot I remember, about I was, that. I was thinking that was the weirdest Why thing. Why was everything shooting out lasers? Because, because they can't shoot bullets, because that's could be emulated. True. Lasers, most kids, again, don't have a laser gun. Most? <laughs> Most. It was the 80s, you never know. Um, Who are you farm kids up to? <laughs> but you're going to, actually, that's a good thing to mention because you're going to see that a lot in the cartoons that I grew up with. G.I. Joe, red and blue lasers. Uh, Brave Star, lasers. Every cartoon was lasers. But that was also the, that was also the 80s, though. Yes, yes. True. Lasers were a big part of our they decor were. and school well, photos. And there's something and you can actually draw. I mean, how are you going to draw a bullet? You know what I'm saying? Well. <laughs> I mean, you can show the aftermath of the bullet, but here you could actually see the lasers going back and forth, and, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it's a visual thing, too. But more importantly, and on this show at least, they couldn't show actual guns or anything that even resembled a real gun. Right. That's why the Rat Laser men, clubs. Yeah, that's why the Rat Men have their club. <laughs> the new Rat Man Laser Club? <laughs> name of mine. My new jam band. <laughs> I love it. You guys want to head on down to Ratman Laser Club? <laughs> it's ladies' night. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So Thundar, like I said, it only ran for 21 episodes. It ended in 1981. It did get picked up again in 1983 by NBC purely for rerun reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was canceled in 1981 for the oddest reason ever. And that would be... Laverne and Shirley. Uh, Gary Marshall. You may know Gary Marshall. Not personally, but I'm aware of who he is. (laughs) You have no idea who Gary Marshall is. Yeah, no. Gary Marshall was a TV producer in the 1970s and 80s. and Everything he touched was gold. And that is exactly why Thundar got canceled. Because Gary Marshall wanted to make cartoons of his popular television shows. He wanted to make a Happy Days cartoon. I forgot those were a thing. He wanted to make Laverne and Shirley cartoons, and he made your personal favorite, Mork and Mindy cartoons. Yes. Those were all three of his three of his biggest shows on primetime, and he wanted to make them into cartoons to expand the audience into children. So, in about 1980, 80, he decided to force them to make uh, the Fonz and the Happy Days, Happy Days Gang. Which I know none of this makes any sense to you. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to nod and <laughs> yes. smile. The pretend Fonz, I know. The Fonz and the Happy Day Gangs. Happy Day, why am I having such a hard time with that? The Fonz <laughs> and the Happy Day. The Fonz and the Happy Days Gang was a cartoon that premiered. And then he wanted to expand that with Laverne and Shirley in the Army, which they were never in the Army. They worked at a bottling a, a brewery yeah in Milwaukee so why the army seemed like a good idea I have no idea but because he wanted that show and ABC did whatever Gary Marshall wanted uh-huh. they had to find a slot for Laverne and Shirley in the army and so they kicked off Thunbar, Thunbar Thundar and put red in red leather yellow leather red leather yellow <laughs> so they kicked out Thundar and put in Laverne and Shirley and then there was another show, which I'm not quite sure what it was yet. I haven't, I haven't done the research on that. But then the next year they came out with Mork and Mindy, which booted another popular Saturday morning cartoon. Now, according to everything I've read, the ratings on Thundar were great. Like, there was no reason to cancel it as far as ratings go. It's not like they were looking for the lowest, you know, lowest hanging fruit and got rid of it. It was actually a really good show. People loved it. After it was canceled... Um, the producers got like tons of fan mail saying, why did they cancel your show? 
apparently even people from like Yale and MIT and like Ivy Indoor League kids. schools. Well, mm-hmm. yes, but Ivy League schools were writing in, and entire classes of kids in elementary schools were writing in and saying, "Why did they cancel our show?" But there's nothing they could do about it because Gary Marshall ruled all. Or yeah. So the show got canceled. It got brought back for just 1983, but then it pretty much went away. So yes, that was Thundar. I think we've covered just about everything we could on Thundar that, you know... We have beaten this dead horse with our laser clubs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like... It's just... This cartoon definitely was a good place to start... To get into what we're to going the, to see, the bar low. I think that, that, <laughs> no, 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 no. I think she's onto something though, because I do feel like it encompasses a lot of different things. It encompasses the very white, uh, very, very <laughs> cocaine fueled. M- yes, <laughs> yes. Very white, very masculine uh, dominated shows, but it also shows you know where the censorship was at the time and where cartoons were as far as violence and themes and stories that they could handle. I mean, it's it's a very good start to see where we were beginning mm-hmm. for this show. It, mm-hmm. it also definitely, like, gives us a few things to look at, like, whenever we are watching the rest of it. I think you're right. Because... <clears throat> because then we can start to maybe see the progression. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, it's not all white people on Rugrats. I actually don't know. I've never seen a single episode of Rugrats. I'll be interested to get to that one. We, oh, but, hey, look. He was actually able to hit a guy in the right. face. Yes. <laughs> also Rugrats. Yeah. <laughs> and that first decapitation on Rugrats. Whew, that was a controversy. Wait, it was sweep, sweep. <laughs> don't worry. The char- It's a cartoon. The characters can just gonna live just and no one's going to talk week. about it. Right. It's like Kenny from South Park. Which is probably a reference you don't understand either. Actually, I do because of TikTok. People on TikTok mention that. (laughs) So I think it is a good place to start because it's it's very much the base for what my generation's cartoons. It's definitely what I what I thought of when I thought of like cartoons from when you were younger. It was definitely it was definitely like my expectations were definitely met with that cartoon. (laughs) 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 Like 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 buff guy, thin girl weird animal That's, sidekick. What more do you need? A bunch of white people. <laughs> Let's not listen Rad to the lady. People. Yeah. Right. Let's not listen to the lady. Um. <laughs> okay, so that was Thunder the Barbarian. Harper, as a gen- generation Z, is that what we decided you are? As yeah. a Gen Z. Baby's gen Z. Would you want to watch more of Thunder the Barbarian? No, but I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure it, like, I'm sure the writing would have gotten better if we watched like if we watched. No, it yeah, no, it wouldn't. It was it was 1980. Okay. <laughs> the, the formula wasn't going to change. I was just being hopeful. No. Um, <laughs> essentially, essentially, I feel like it had its time. Let's. It's continue. very of the time. I also just mm-hmm. feel like it should have. I also really hope that there isn't a Thundar reboot. Actually, and, I think a Thundar reboot would be awesome well, because it would incorporate all the things that we've been talking about. That is true. That could change over time. I mean, I, I think it would be amazing, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, no. Okay. Andrea, as a millennial, would you care to watch no. more? No. Of- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right out the gate. No. No? No. It's just not your thing? Well, or- I take that back. Like, I, I would totally sit down and MST3K it for, like... Understandable. For funsies. Or see a... Thundar 
twenty, you know, C Lab yes. type reboots. Yes, where oh, it's absolutely. Tongue in cheek. That would be amazing. I could definitely. But see no. Fair enough. The one thing about Thundar that I did like was how it took ended. A, it, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> how it kind of had like almost like the Earth kind of reborn, re, like was reborn in that in that world after everything has ended, like. In Th- like Thundar basically didn't know much about right. how we saw like our like um the modern world that we live in. So it was fun. It the was modern fun. world of nineteen ninety four. Just the world. That's the future. He's just a caveman. He doesn't understand our Keep modern. He basically Keep he basically like um it was good to see that and it was a good reminder of like oh yeah the world has ended at this point yes. but there are still. And that's why he doesn't know much about this. You know, one thing, one thing I forgot to mention, and this was never mentioned on the show, and this is also something I should have mentioned this earlier, that made Thunder a little bit more unusual than the other shows on at the time. This show had what is called a show Bible, where they actually talk about the backstory of the world. Scooby-Doo, there's no backstory. Do you know no. anything about any of the mystery crew? No. They just get together, they solve mysteries, they probably smoke weed in the van, and eat Scooby Snacks. The, the, okay, but you, yes, technically we do know stuff about the mystery crew, but, but that only is because only because of, of Incorporated, yes. But I mean, at that time, they didn't, these it, characters didn't have backstories. They yeah, there, just, wasn't, there wasn't full-blown world building, plot. yeah. Whereas with Thundar, they actually came up with a backstory. The idea was that um, when the world exploded in 1994, uh, the only people who know anything about the modern technology or the ancient technology are the wizards and so they control everything because they control all the old technology so basically thundar for the most part lived in the stone age but if you knew how to fly a helicopter or knew how to you know control a computer you were a wizard and so ariel was actually the depending upon which version you read she was either the stepdaughter or the uh niece of a powerful wizard and she broke thundar out of slavery because the wizard was able to control people because he knew how to use the old technology. And so she broke him out, and then he ended up being a very, you know, kind of like the chosen one who could use the sun sword. I know. How many wizards were there? A lot. Okay. It wasn't just Gemini, the one that we saw in those couple episodes. I was just concerned that you were going to say there's three, and I could go, great. No. Bezos, Musk, and and Branson. So now that we do, are going to have our three (laughs) tech people who rule everything. And well, that's kind of where we're headed. Hmm. But that's again, this is something that no other cartoons had. There was no backstory to Space Ghost. There was no backstory to any of these things. But Thundar did have a backstory, and it never got around to being able to show it because the show was canceled. But it was there, and they wanted to sprinkle it into episodes, but it just never happened. It was also, go ahead. It was also interesting, like like I mentioned before, that they would like sometimes kind of remind you in a almost almost subtle way, but not really. That like a bunch that this was basically an apocalypse. This everyone like a lot of people died, died yeah. and the world basically ended yes. until it was eventually reborn like 3,000 years later. So it, it definitely does add a little bit of like mystery and darkness to the show. Yeah. It's like, it's like, oh, this is... Like, everyone's dead. Everyone's dead. <laughs> yeah. So I guess an important question to ask you then. Okay. Is um, during your freshman year of college, how did you survive the apocalypse in 1994? <laughs> And what animal did you travel with? 
<laughs> and who was the busty woman that you were disregarding the entire time? Because <laughs> it wasn't me. I was in sixth grade. <laughs> Boy, I forgot that was your age gap. Yeah, yeah. Seven years. It's not pretty. It's, um, it's, it's not fun to know. I don't have an answer for that. I'm sure you don't. Okay. It's okay. Um, so I guess the, the question would be as... You know, this was my nostalgia trip. Do I have an interest in watching this show again? I actually kind of do, but only for the nostalgia. Well, aspects. because you have something to revisit with. Yes, it. and there are a few. I mean, like, I immediately I remembered the characters. Obviously, Ukla was. I loved Ukla as a yes. five-year-old. I was all over Ukla. Oh. I thought he was the coolest. <laughs> right. And Thundar, you know, even though he's bombastic and kind of dim, I never. He wasn't really that interesting to me. But no, Ukla but he was, was your gateway drug to He-Man. <laughs> well, he was everybody's gateway drug to He-Man. <laughs> he was like great value He-Man. Yes. Gateway drug? What? <laughs> so. And I can see a lot of Ariel in the types that you would eventually have crushes on. <laughs> the animated types? <laughs> Just period. Hourglass figure, you know, dark hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that has more to do with Princess Leia. But yes, I see where you're going. <laughs> anyway, I would like to kind of go back and revisit this. Um, and again, just for nostalgia purposes and then not necessarily like pour over them and study them as though they were a holy text or anything, but just to kind of be like, oh, that was fun. You know, oh, that's kind of a neat idea. That's something that is unexpected from an, a cartoon of that era. Just to kind of pick out what made it so interesting to me as a five-year-old, a six-year-old. Sure. So, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm, you know, necessarily going to do it tomorrow. It's just kind of one of those lazy Sunday. Put it on in the background, do a puzzle, yeah, do something else. Yeah, exactly. It's not something I'm going to focus on and you know be my 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 primary thing that week. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see like Thundar being like I don't know if you were into D and D around the time you first no, watched it. Not at that. But time. I definitely saw that it was like almost like a, there was a little bit of of course him and in that because I mean yeah. there is a bar you can play a barbarian. Sure. You can definitely... Well, even D&D and Thundar are both influenced by Conan the Barbarian from 1932. Yeah. I mean, we're talking decades of time before that. But it was still, like, it was but still it was, kind of your way, like, one of the many things that led you to D&D. For and sure. Things like, and interests like that. Absolutely. Which then you passed down to me, and yep. now I'm... <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, I think it was very influential for me as a, as a young person, and I would definitely be interested in going back and kind of checking it out and seeing why why it was so fascinating to me at five. But I understand you guys have no connection to it whatsoever. Well, and even in doing that, you may find that your connection to it while you were five years old was, it was on. Well, and that's a big part of it. <laughs> it, was, it was the Little Caesars yeah. of, uh, of, <laughs> yes. of television. It's on. So I might as well be watching it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's so. nearby. We'll kind of, it's now, I, I, like you said earlier, uh, reboot, I would totally be down for a reboot. They're just rebooting He-Man right now. I haven't watched it yet, but I would be totally down for a Thundar reboot. And I think you could do it really well with today's mentality. See, I'd rather see a... A C-Lab A C-Lab-esque, yeah. And I understand that. A tongue-in-cheek, self-aware Yeah. Well, they kind of animated did that. Reboot. What was that show... You talking about the the heroes? No, 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 no. Son of Zorn. Hmm. So yeah, I mean they kind of already did your C Lab twenty twenty one of Thunder the Barbarian with Son of Zorn. Hmm. 
the thing about it is like I could definitely see it um definitely see a, a like I feel like it would be an actual good reboot of the I Dark think it would be too because I mean honestly that does depend on how you what you see as a good reboot or well not because I mean okay look at the setting yeah. The setting would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the idea of the technology being in control of the people who don't have the technology. Just like Mom was saying earlier. We're heading down yeah, the road. It's kind of <laughs> where we are. So I think it could definitely be not only uh, just more updated as far as representation, but I think it also might have a pretty decent, interesting theme and moral foundation there I, to tell I a have, good story that is still yeah. reflective today i mean there's there's definitely a lot of people who like at least on the internet and everything who will who will say like all reboots are bad well no that's not always the case there are a few good ones and a few sure. and a few bad ones there's always going to be something that just doesn't sit right with people who did grow up but i who didn't grow who did grow up with that series that was rebooted right but i feel like with thundar like there is definitely a lot you could do there. It's just because the show is canceled, they they couldn't tell that story that they wanted to tell. So it so I feel like that would it would be really fun to find a Thundar reboot of like of um, basically something that relates more to the newer generation, but still has that feeling of like it's a it's a world of a it's a post apocalyptic world apocalyptic world and. You're you're able to use that to a lot of your advantage. I think so too. From like from what I've seen in different cartoons with that, where it's the end of the world and this is the aftermath, like again, Adventure Time, Adventure Time, and also Kipo in the Wonder mm-hmm. Pages. Yeah, yeah, right, mm-hmm. right. Which we haven't. We need to add that. To we, we will. And that like you can use that to your advantage of like showing off why there's weird like creatures in your in your show or like why there is like. Or well, they could have built the world if they had more time to do if so. If they did. Right. right. All right. Well, I think we've... Beat this horse to its <laughs> I think we've talked about all we can, really, with Thundar. Yeah. For only 21 episodes from 40-some-odd years ago. It's not 40 years ago yet. Oh, it is. It is, It's actually, 80. Yeah, it's, I keep thinking yeah, 83. No. It's 80. Yeah, it's... A little bit over 40. I'm going gonna, gonna to let my joke slide since I've given you a few today. So, I guess that's it for now. Yeah, I'll, I'll we'll do, do the next one. Yeah, we don't know what we're going to do next. It'll be Andrea's choice. We're going to kind of go in uh, sequential order here with me, yeah. Andrea, then Harper. So, we'll, we'll figure out something for next time. Okay. I'm a potty. Alright. <laughs> Thanks for the end That 40-year-old bladder. Can't <laughs> hold it anymore. I forgot my depends. Thanks for checking out this episode of Generation Tune. Be sure to subscribe today so you can join us as we discuss our favorite cartoons from the last 40 years. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram, both at SMX Audio, where we're available to talk tunes anytime. This has been your host, Rob Lamley, for the Space Monkey X Audio Workshop. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you all next time.